Hello, creepers and creepazoids. I'm Barry Marino. And I'm Philip Landry. And this, this is Open Shutters. Scary ghost, creepy serial killers, all things that go bump in the night. Enjoy the view from the open shutters. <laughs> hey, Phelps, what's up? How you doing this week? We're doing. We're doing well. We're doing well. Ah, uh, well, we got we we. We doing pretty well. We getting up there. We getting a lot, a lot of listeners now. Our listenership is, is increasing every day. I saw that, and uh, we have a few people we want to shout out to. I've made some new friends on social media. Uh, first, I want uh, I haven't really talked to Gretchen and Tabitha from Housewives of True Crime, but I love their podcast so much that I got to give them a shout out. So, hey, Gretchen and Tabitha, what you guys doing? Keep up the good work. All right, then there's uh, Anya. Her podcast is called The One, that one random podcast. And she talks about just about anything. Interesting. It's really interesting. Yeah, she has all these thoughts and she, she, she just talks about it all. I mean, any kind of subject. She doesn't have a Just whatever springs up. Yeah, it's a, it's, that's why she's Love calling it, it Love The it. Random uh, Podcast. Now, we got to give a really big shout out to these girls. This is Shaughnessy Blake and Justin. Yeah, it's Justin, but it's Justin with an A instead of an I. Justin Vance. That's funny. Like Vivian Vance. uh, It's a family name. (laughs) Anyway, their their podcast is is, uh, Don't Look Under the Bed. They call us their New Orleans honeys. (laughs) That's cute. cute. But they're kind of like the female us. Oh, wonderful! Yeah, I mean they have they have a really good banter. They get along really well, and it's really a lot of fun. Okay, shout out to Justin and Shaughnessy. Say hey, hi Justin, hi Shaughnessy. All righty, we got one celebrity death we're going to talk about today. It's uh, Peg Murray. She was a Broadway star, and she was also on All My Children. Her big Broadway was Cabaret. I love cabaret. She didn't play Sally Balls. She played the Nazi woman oh, that tries to turn everybody in and oh, sing. In the, in the, on stage, she sings that "Tomorrow Belongs to Me." You know how in the movie it was sung by that blonde-haired, blue-eyed, cute boy. True, true. Yes. Well, it's sung by like a beautiful girl in this one. So she died of natural causes at the age of ninety-three on November 29th. Now you've been watching. You know we got HBO Max now on um, on Roku. Oh, I'm I, loving it. I'm loving it. I'm loving it. You know, have you been watching The Flight Attendant? Curtis and I have been watching I finished that one. The Flight Attendant. It was amazing. You know, uh, the girl from Big Bang Theory's in that. Yeah, she's the lead. She's the lead. And you know who that guy is? Did you see Treme? Which which guy? The, the, the guy that get the, the lead. I don't want to give too much spoiler. He was on. He was, he was oh. sunny on Treme, and he was also in Game of Thrones. He was one of what's Daenerys' lovers and warriors. That's true. I didn't even think about it. He had a lot of nude scenes well, in Tremaine. Well, thank you, man. You just helped me realize that. Yes, yes. A lot of nude scenes in Tremaine. I also love In the House of Ho. Oh, no. 
I haven't seen that one yet. But I saw a really good, and since we're a true crime, a partially a true crime podcast, I saw a great new true crime documentary called Murder in Middle Beach. And it's this young man, his name is Madison Hamburg. And his mother, Barbara Beach Hamburg, was brutally murdered on her front lawn in 2010. Mm. And he digs into her life, he digs into his family, and he finds so much family dirt you wouldn't believe. Oh, I'm going to have to watch this. We got to cover this, too, in, in one of our Okay, def- after I've watched it, right. But that's all I'm going to say about it. I'm not going to go into a lot of detail. I even really hope, I hope he listens to this. I hope he starts listening to us. I would love to have him on, you know, like have him on like maybe through a phone call or something. That would, that would be, be nice. great. That would be nice. So anyway, uh, are you ready to give your horoscopes? Oh, definitely. We, we've got holiday ones this time. We got oh, the holiday. holiday. Oh, yes. Ha- and I say happy holidays. I don't care if I upset some r- scary religious people. I know. It's happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Kwanzaa. I mean, it's, it's everything. Okay. I mean, a whole bunch of people are celebrating all kinds of holidays. Well, so mean, we hope whatever I'm, holiday y'all are celebrating, never you have a wonderful time. I never understood what the big deal was. Maybe Andy Williams sang a song called Happy Holidays. Does he hate Jesus? <laughs> I doubt it. Some people just always have to be at war. That's, that's I know, I know, I know. But we're hoping you have a peaceful and wonderful holiday. But just beware, we do have holiday horoscopes for you this week. Okay, so here we let's, go. Yeah, let's get them started. Aries. You have definitely outdid yourself by decking the halls with a blood-soaked fur complete with special touches like rusty nails and sharp razors for ornaments. The barbed wire garland gives it an even more delightful upgrade from years past. You are truly giving the most as your gargoyle tree topper has the best seat in the house. I hope your loved ones... Have a great time being thrown into this heated briar patch. Oh, God, a heated briar patch? A regular briar patch is bad enough without a heated one. Glad I'm not Aries when I hear that. I hope they videotape. It'll be fun to watch. Oh, I'm sure it will. There are some people I'd like to throw in a heated briar patch. He had the briar patch, Barry. Bump. Taurus! Bull. Yes, our bull people. Always prepared to make the holidays cozy, you have found a way to add a little extra plot twist to the baked treats. Looks like your friends are just dying to try your Swiss roll with hemlock in the sponge and mistletoe infused into the buttercream. Oh my goodness. What is even sweeter is how much you will save on your budget for gifts now that there are less people to buy for. Oh, my God. So that's a way to get rid of some of them. Gifts. Might as well. A little, a little gay note here. Did you know that both Barbara Streisand and Cher are Taurus? Really? Yes. It seems that explains a lot. It's fitting. They got a lot in common, them too. Yes, definitely. Gemini. Okay, we got. Oh, I gotta admit, Jim and I had some really harsh ones the last couple of weeks. We have a really oh, they get a little bit of a they, break they this time. Little, yeah, it, I, that's actually what it's about. Seems things have finally given you a temporary pause to reflect on where you are going. This is for my Gemini people. Oh, good. For the time being, your invites may be scaled back in number, but you do have an extra special guest arriving. Old Saint Nick might have had you on his naughty list. 
but so does Krampus. <gasps> Krampus has decided to have a nightcap with you and discuss plans for being his assistant next year. It's a great offer. Take it. Now, Krampus. Wouldn't being Krampus's assistant, wouldn't it be like being an anti-elf? Possibly. Maybe a gremlin. I'm not. A gre- <laughs> oh, a gremlin that you fed after midnight. <laughs> you know, if you feed those Geminis after midnight, anything can happen. Yeah, okay? and then they get Phoebe Kate serving them drinks. You know? <laughs> Cancer. Oh, that's you. you that's know? me. That's one of me. As always, you haven't changed. Well, for you, creepy dolls and possessed teddy bears. Ooh. Sometimes you should not revisit your childhood. Yeah. Even so, the nostalgia. <laughs> Even so, the nostalgia of the season may wake up more than you realize, both from within and outside yourself. Hopes of the past turn to fears of the future. If you receive no toys, that might be for the best. However, enjoy the hard candy while reading your favorite ghost stories. Well, the creepy dolls, it, it hits me kind of home. And we, you, you're going to hear more about that when we do our past live segment. Oh, I know. I know. Can't I think wait. I told you a little bit about I can't that. wait. Yeah. We're going to say that. I'll be, that's going to be during next month. Yes. Uh, that's going to be a fun one. Yeah, see, next month we've been doing so many dark murders. We want to do fun stuff next month. Well, kind of fun. There'll be some it's things. It's still dark, though. There's yeah. still some dark things, but it's going to be very much like personal connections. Yes. So this will all make more sense why he's talking about the creepy dolls when we get to next month. Yeah, you'll you'll understand. You'll hear it. Oh, Leo. Oh, that's me again. The gathering of people just is not the same when you are not able to chain them all down in place around a table. Good luck getting everyone together on whatever damn video conferencing app you are using to pit one person against another. The game of Would You Rather is so much harder when socially distant from family. Uh. But at least everyone is on one screen. It might just be easier to place that curse on them all at once. Go right ahead. Let's see what happens. Oh, that's also Curtis, too. Oh, you know, and he might be placing the curse on I can't think of anybody who's less Curtis, less Leo than Curtis. I could I couldn't I couldn't I couldn't blame him if he does have to curse some folks. Yeah. He has more he had more than enough reasons to do so. Oh, he has reasons. There's a lot of folks he has reasons. They've been to adding curse. up for a while now. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's a big old blow up like a big old giant boil going. <laughs> <laughs> just just a pustule. And we don't have our rods today. William's not with us today. This is true. Oh, well, we're, we're, we'll do okay without him. We'll survive. we'll survive. Yeah, he's pretty good at looking up things on Google for us. You know, that's what we need. To, we need to get him to do more of. We're actually recording over at my place. We actually have the cats yeah. around somewhere. Yes, we're recording in a different place. So, so if things get knocked around, it might be the cat. It's much cleaner than my place. <laughs> We have four. I wasn't saying anything. Well, there are four of the worst housekeepers in the entire world. I was trying to be polite. You can say whatever. I'm being polite. And it's like we're, uh, you know, we have two older middle-aged men and two young men, and we might as well all be 23-year-old frat boys. Yeah, and it's usually just me and the cat, and then the and then the and then the man on the weekends comes in. But I mean, we don't um, we don't do anything like use toilet paper for coffee filters, but <laughs> it can get pretty bad. Wow. Well, moving right along, Virgo. The cold never bothered you anyway because you had been letting Jack Frost nip at your genitals for oh. years. 
Oh, God, that hurts. You just can't help yourself from bringing up politics or your views on oh. anything for that matter. If you're arriving with drama, the least you could do is freeze people with the powers of the Ice Queen you have become. Love your bold fashion choices. Just fight the urge to string anyone up with the scarf you knit for yourself. Oh, my dear. Oh, we plug in our other company. Oh, that's right. Barry, you want you, you want to tell them a little bit, Randy? You can tell them a little bit about your company. Well, okay. We, it's called Barry Marino Craft Creations, and we, we sell, well, a lot of my crochet stuff, which is a lot of scarves and, and hats, and I crochet these little Christmas stockings. What we're going to do is we're going to take the Christmas stockings and make them for different holidays. We're going to have Mardi Gras stockings, Easter oh, that's stockings. that's fun. Yeah, we decided to really run with that pattern. And uh, we uh, we can have we have a website on Facebook that is on its it's under construction right now, and we're gonna start selling at the flea market. And Philip works with it too. Definitely, we're all we're all part of that business as well. Yeah, as it's, it's exciting, exciting. We have all kinds of exciting projects. All right, you finish your horoscopes. Oh sure. Well, we're moving to Libra now. Your overall holiday decor theme this year is Black Widow chic. Love the dozens of wreaths you have designed in honor of your former lovers that incorporates locks of their hair and nail clippings. Just because you can see your reflection in the glass balls doesn't mean you should. Better to be alert. There could always be someone right behind ready to give you a strangle. Oh, like the Boston Strangler. Definitely. Which we may get into that later months down the road. Oh, we're going to probably do. Oh, we, definitely. We're probably going to do a whole month on him. There's, there's a lot to that. Oh yeah, a month or at least two, two, two parts. Yeah, it'll be yeah because some of these things are going to be two parters. Yes, Scorpio, that's me. So I'm with y'all on this. Scorpio, laying low, good. More time to plan for any upcoming funerals that you might have caused. You keep sending out soul-eating specters to consume your enemies, and you have justification for each and every one. Wow. They were hoping for Santa to come down the chimney. Instead, they received your wish of death. Oh, good. Clean the soot off your hands and go enjoy a nice mug of piping hot cocoa. You revel in the self-torture of burning the roof of your mouth while basking in the demise of others. Oh, my goodness. That's, that's heavy. Yeah. That, not as heavy as our, our case this week, but it's heavy. It's heavy, yeah. And Scorpios, they, 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 they need that. Yeah. They need a little... They need that time right now. Sagittarius. It truly is cuffing season. Whether you have kidnapped the object of your affection with your mind or actually with handcuffs attached to the pipes in the basement. You know, my ex would do that. <laughs> really yeah, so he was Sagittarius. That's one of my exes. I think that's the first husband. Yeah, the second husband was a cancer. And the third was a cancer. And I don't know what you call my current situation. <laughs> oh, goodness. Well, it's, it's complicated. That's, that's well, I don't that, think you have any Sages in the house, but my partner is a Sag, so we'll uh, see what happens. Oh, so you know what I'm into. Uh, that, that first, that Sag was, was, was something. Yeah. <laughs> so Sagittarius, you will keep them alive as long as they follow your rules. You have expensive presents under the tree for them, three well-appointed meals a day, and an expertly acquired outfit for the celebration. You don your gay apparel and think of all the ways you will smother them with love. 
ease your grip on that home for the holiday stitched pillow. Oh, yeah, we there we go with one of our products again. Oh, you got to have some stitched pillows. Oh, we got okay. to do some stitched pillows too. Oh, wonderful. If someone would have open shutters on them. Yeah. <laughs> That would actually be kind of cute. You had the little shirt. Yeah, I just embroidered it in. You know? <laughs> oh, that's great. Capricorn. Since you had to limit the number of live guests, you have decided to invite all the dead. You set up opposing mirrors on each side of the dining hall and lit candles on the festive centerpiece. You have reserved seating for both death and the devil, along with the three mediums who will make up half the list of attendees for the living. This is going to be the most raucous seance of the year. You even got the ghost of Christmas past to do art direction. Oh, great. The ghost <laughs> of Christmas past. Well, it'll be festive. Mm. You know, we like festive. Aquarius. Best lighting display goes to you. Especially love the surge protection measures you have taken to accommodate the vintage electric chair you bought from the online auction and had delivered just in time for roasting all those that decided to show up. Oh. Guess they should have researched the side effects of electrocution instead of the COVID vaccination. Oh. All those carols being sung by a charred choir. One of those carols basking. <laughs> we gotta get- I don't want to sing nothing about carol we have to get our <laughs> little Carol Baskin dig in in every episode. That would charm me enough just to have to sing about the bitch. Yeah, you have to sing about it. Ding dong, the witch is... Well. <laughs> <laughs> Pisces. Such a wonderful spread of food you have gathered for the holiday feast. Never know who you might be serving for dinner. Great addition with those fava beans and the Chianti. You'll have the Grinch wondering where you got your rare roast beast. The trouble with the dessert, though, is how you got all that flavoring into one trifle. The answer is simple when they realize revenge is sweet. Now, that 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 uh, uh, fava beans and Chianti meat, that's not a pate, huh? A liver dish? Could be. Ooh. Fatty liver tastes the best, they say. Oh. That's what my boyfriend tells me. He, he knows I have uh, I have, actually have non-alcoholic fatty liver disease. Of course, I've been doing some things to actually help my clean my liver out, so it's not as fatty as it used to be. But he said, yeah, if ever I died, he wanted, he wanted dibs on my liver. Oh. Hannibal mm. Lecter, huh? Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> you never know with him. Well, that is our holiday edition of the Weekly Horoscopes. And before we break, I want to give everybody a warning about this week's case. It's extremely disturbing. It's probably the most disturbing one we've done so far. And uh, I don't know, yeah, well, the other two were, but, uh, you know, I mean, you know, like, Lalare was way so many years ago, and the this other one, it was like only one victim. This one is really disturbing because it's someone that people would trust that's the perpetrator in this crime. You know, somebody that you trust and that you look up to. And I'll, I'll explain more to it. But if there's any like very, Even makes very, the motive kind of convoluted. The motive convoluted. is real. The motive and, and yeah, it's in the way it's carried out and the, and this, and the perpetrator is very, very disturbing. So if there's anybody who's really sensitive about these things, 
just listen to the horoscopes and listen to the first part. But I'd say anybody else, it's really, it's really a very interesting case. It's psychologically disturbing, though. We will be right back. Okay, friends, here we are. Like I said, uh, uh, the warning, this, is, this, this case here, really, doing the research for this really got to me. I, I know we've had some really, we, we did a few disturbing cases on here. Now, next one, next week is, is every bit as bad as this one. But this one got to me even more, even more than Madame LaLaure, because it's just, it's just, just the cruelty and the fact that it was someone that was trusted. And you're going to understand after I tell the story. Uh, this, uh, this episode is entitled Killer Cop. Antoinette Frank. So we're going to talk a little bit about, first we're going to talk about Antoinette Frank. She was born on April 30th, 1971 in Opelousas, Louisiana. Is that something? I always thought she was from New Orleans, but she's from Opelousas. And she, her father, Adam Frank, was very was a, a Vietnam veteran and he had horrible post-traumatic stress. So he had some, I think he may have even had some bipolar things. He would turn on a dime and he was extremely abusive to her and her other members of the family. And there were, there was some people who had said that he would do things like make her cook breakfast. And then when she'd, she'd serve him the breakfast, he'd say, the eggs are too runny. Do it over again. And he'd throw it in the trash. She'd say, well, these eggs are too hard. Do it over again. And he would just mess with her like that. So she had that trauma so she already never had being that enough. Trauma. Never being enough, never being the so best. The, yeah. One of the things she always dreamed of was being a police officer. She always wanted to be a police officer from a little girl. And, which is really funny considering the, the, the turn she makes, you know, the choices she makes later. Because she said she wanted to help people. So... Let's, we're going to fast forward a little bit to 1993, and Antoinette applies for a, a position in the police department. And she says that um, they, they did the psych evaluation. They said, ah, no way, do not hire. And somehow a little bit, a few months later, she comes back. And she applies again, but this time she gets into the police academy. Now, we, we got to understand. So, so, so they they let her supersede the psych eval or the second? No, the, was second, the second psych eval. The second time they did another, and she paid for one, and they let her use her own. Paid for her. I don't think they allow that anymore. No, I, no they don't anymore no, because I, of I, this. No, it has to be done yeah, internally now. Inter yeah. Now, we got to, you know, you're saying, like, why did they even hire her in the first place? And you got to understand what New Orleans was like in the 90s. It was a murder capital. Cab drivers were being murdered. I was a cab driver at the time, and I was constantly fearing for my life. Convenience store robberies, restaurant robberies were rampant, especially in New Orleans East and in Central City and in parts of like the, the, the projects and stuff. And police officers were quitting like crazy. And most of our recent like history, even including now, we have a shortage. Yeah. So it's a horrible shortage, but this was the worst shortage they ever had in right. history. Plus, her being an African-American female, they figured that she could relate really well with the African-American community. Because the African-American community, and sometimes rightfully so, don't trust the police. And, and they call it community policing, having the people from the community, understanding the community, being a part of it, living within it. And actually, it does work very well in communities, including here in New Orleans. I mean, we it does yeah. work well. Now, Antoinette goes to the, um, the, the police academy. Mm -hmm. 
And from what everything I have researched, she wasn't a really good cop. She was lazy. She, you know, she was. She, she just. She, she she didn't relate well with people. Here are some results from. And she just um. Not a very good. Not a very good police officer at all. So, but but anyway, you know, of course, she had very little chance of being fired because they needed her so badly. And uh, now another thing about the New Orleans Police Department, they the pay is terrible, even today. That we are the lowest for a city our size. We have the lowest pay scale for police officers. And um, they always have to find some kind of side gig, a second job or something. And she got befriended by uh, a police officer by the name of Ronald Williams. Well, incidentally, it was a white male, but that really doesn't have anything to do with it. He really liked Antoinette. And he was doing this, this, this security detail at the Kim An restaurant in New Orleans East, a Vietnamese family-run restaurant. And he got Antoinette on as a security guard, like on the days that she couldn't, you know, so she could have extra money to pay her bills. And I'll talk a little bit about the um, the Vu family and, and their restaurants. Now the, now, the Vietnamese restaurants are like a lot of immigrants before them. A lot of the Vietnamese businesses are family-run. Yes, and every a member of the family. I mean, even the, even the kids work in the restaurant, and that's why if you ever go to eat Chinese food or you go to eat any type of Asian food that's run by immigrants, you ever notice sometimes a little kid will, you know, he'll be like a ten year old boy cashiering. I mean, you're paying for the uh, you pay, you know taking your right. check. Right, he's and that's great, and they're training they're training their own. Family members from a very young age to be part of this. Yeah, family. they it's, haven't been Americanized. It's really, it's but it's really endearing. You have to admit, it's really endearing. well. They haven't been Americanized and 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 living with entitlement like you know future generations usually get because it was the same thing with Italians way way back in the day in the turn of the twentieth century. All the businesses, Rocky and Carlos was such a business. All the businesses were family. Everybody in the family right. worked there. Now today. Most Italians are, are Americanized, you know, and it's all me, yeah. me, 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 well, me. Well, yeah, and then the, the Vietnamese, you have to look, it's its how they hadn't had connected industries. I mean, they were a huge segment of the shrimping, fishing industry. And a lot of times, not all of the segment of that, they would carry over and give to the family that was running the restaurant or the other yeah. part of the family yes, that was running the yes. restaurant. It's one of the reasons right after the BP oil spill, actually whenever we had the oil spill, um, and the shrimp uh, industry really got hit hard. If you went to some of the Chinese and Vietnamese restaurants that were being run by Vietnamese, you realized a lot of times they were having to scale back the amount of shrimp dishes on buffets, or the, or they had to increase the price of a shrimp dish on the menu because that's the why they always have so much shrimp in Vietnamese and, and Chinese dishes. Yeah, when it, well, except during the oil spill, it really hit hard back in in, in twenty ten. They definitely um, always try to incorporate that because it's it's. It's an easy, it's not hard on the budget when the family's in the shrimping industry. Yeah. And um, it's the, the uh, and, and a lot of, you know, in Vietnam, the shrimping industry was big. And that's what brought a lot of Vietnamese immigrants to Louisiana because with the proximity of the seafood, there was the same thing with the Sicilians too. This, uh, most Sicilian dishes are a lot of seafood and fish. And that's why a lot of Sicilian. Immigrants left New York and Chicago and came to New Orleans. My family, my ancestors are a good example. So anyway, we're getting back to the uh, story. 
Ants went out one day on 11-25-1994. There was a shooting between two drug dealers, and one of the drug dealers, a man by the name of Rogers Lacoste, was wounded, and he was in the hospital. So she was a police officer that came to interview him to take his statement. And they struck, fire struck. Mm. They became, she, she was taken with him. He was taken with her. He was only 18 years old. She was, I believe, 20, 23, 22, 23. And she was in awe. She was, she was attracted to his bad boy persona. A lot of, I don't know if you remember a lot of the, uh, some of the, um, African-American gang members back in those days used to put gold in their teeth. That was I was still fairly that. young. At that. <laughs> that, was, that was part but of, yes, I do. That was part of the image. And he had gold teeth and he was, you know, he, he was tough and he talked tough and she liked that. And he liked her. She was a cop and she'd have his back. So they struck up a romance and it turned into a sexual relationship. Wow. She got to be so close with this guy. She would take him in a squad car. Because all she was was a patrol officer. She didn't have a partner. So she would take Rogers with her. Oh, so she was just working her own beat. Yeah. She yeah, had a she set was, beat she, that she always Yeah, she was a time. patrol officer. That's all she was. That's like the bottom of the rank of the police officer. She wasn't a detective or anything like that. So she used to take Rogers with her in the um, squad car. Sometimes she even let him drive it. Oh, that. which nowadays you'd be. Oh, she never get away. Never get away with that. No. She named driving, and even the other police uh, people in the police department kind of turned their heads. She would tell people he was her nephew, and sometimes when she'd pull people over, she would tell the person she pulled over that he was a recruit. He he was a, he was a rookie cop that she was. He was a student, a police academy student that she was training, a trainee, I guess you'd call it. So. Um, Rogers was very, very demanding, and he always she, she was buying him all kinds of presents, and he uh, he had expensive tastes. He liked gold jewelry, you know. He liked this, of course. He liked getting the money so he could buy his weed and drugs and stuff. And um, Antoinette just couldn't really keep up, so he comes up with this plot. He knows that she she tells him one day. Uh, about how much money the Wu family. Now, here, we're going to get back to the Vietnamese thing again. A lot of the Vietnamese immigrants didn't trust banks. So they always had a lot of cash on hand. They would keep their cash, and they they use, like they would pay their employees in cash. They would pay Antoinette and Ron in cash, they, they, you know, their security detail. And they'd pay for their supplies in cash. We don't do that anymore. That wouldn't happen today. Right, most everything now no, because yeah. money is so electronic. Yeah, because I remember even some of the some of the Asian restaurants when I first came back from New Jersey after Katrina was still you had to go to the ATM to get money because they only took cash. And now it seems like most everybody is taking cards and has bank accounts. It's one of the reasons we're bank. seeing actually less robberies. They have to be more focused. Like most right. of what we're seeing on the news now is like convenience stores. Well, like you know, one you, of the you, last few places. Cab but, drivers were a big, big robbery because they always carry cash. But now they've all gone to card as well now. And yeah, and now, well, you know, now yeah. you have Uber and Lyft. And I mean, yeah. I'll, I'll drive Lyft. I don't even carry cash. No, it's all done on the app. Because everything's done on the app. It goes. I, I even have that Lyft card where the money goes straight to my debit card <laughs> as soon as I make it. So you know, some Uber and some some people choose to have it get it every week. I like to get my money every day. 
There you go. <laughs> but anyway, so uh, he she she had told Rogers about how much cash the, uh, the Kimaha restaurant always had on hand. So you get the bright idea they're going to rob it. So here we go to the night of. This is just horrid. I mean, this is like the fact these people had put their trust in this woman. And these people, they had turned, they, they thought of her as a member of the family. She ate for free all the time. She went in there. She said, I'm hungry. I want some food. They said, what do you want, Miss Frank? What do you want, Miss Antoinette? We make it for you. And mm. they make it for her. And they loved her like a part of the family. I mean, that's the type of relationship she had with these people. So on the on night of March fourth, nineteen ninety five, uh, earlier in that evening, she and Rogers had gone to the to the Kimo restaurant to have dinner, which of course they didn't pay for. Rogers decides he doesn't like the food, leaves it uneaten, and they go somewhere else. He wants to go to McDonald's or something instead. So we you know, all that free food gets thrown away. So a little while later, there was a restaurant closed around midnight, and in there were um, Chow Vu, the oldest sister, and Kwok, the oldest brother. Kong was a 17-year-old, and Ha, the 21-year-old girl. Kong was a 17-year-old boy. Ha was the 21-year-old girl. All they're, they're all members of the Vu family, and there was one employee that well, doesn't, Talk to anybody. He's un- he or she is unidentified, but he was there. They, they were there too. And um, they come. She comes uh, when she had gone to the restaurant before. She stole the front door key. Wow! And she they, they she comes back about midnight, and they're cleaning up. They get ready to go, and Ron Williams is there, the security detail. She opens the door with a, with the key she just stole and comes into the restaurant. And she starts telling everybody the run. She starts putting all of the the Vu family members into the kitchen. She's telling them, "Come in the kitchen. Go to the kitchen." Well, at first they think, you know, this is a woman. They think they're in danger, and she's there to help to save them. Wow, this is just so horrible. Yeah, Ron, Ron Williams is coming into the kitchen, and he's saying, "Antoinette, what's wrong? What's wrong? What's going on?" And at that point, Rogers Lacoste comes in, takes a gun, and shoots him in the neck. The man is on the ground. He's still alive and he's paralyzed because his spinal cord's just been there. And he has a, he stares down the gun and gets shot five times in the head and chest. Mm. So, meanwhile, in the kitchen is Antoinette and the Vu family members, and she's going out to see what's wrong. Well, when she's going out, uh, Chow, Quag, and the employee go and hide in the freezer. But poor Kong and Ha are so upset and so nervous, they don't know what to do. They kind of, you know, they don't know what's happening. And the, and the two older siblings couldn't find, didn't know where they were. So finally, Antoinette comes back with the, with the gun. She has the two kids get on their knees, and she's holding the gun on them. They say that uh, they were praying for their lives and crying. Please, Miss Antoinette, don't kill us. And um, she first shoots Ha and kills her, leaving Chong by himself. He's crying. He's praying on the floor, and she shoots him in the head. So the three that are in the cool in the in the freezer, they're hiding. So she don't know where they are, and she hears the po- uh, they have, one of them had called nine one one. So the police are on their way. 
So she runs, she, she sneaks out the back door. The police come and they get the other ones out of the, uh, and, and Chow has, is so upset, she's reverted to her, her home language. She can't speak English right now. I guess that's some kind of traumatic thing. So they're trying to find out what happened. Well, guess who comes back? Antoinette. Oh goodness! Pretending that she's she's oh. off duty. She heard she heard it on the police scanner, and she's worried about her friends. And she's saying like, "Ha! What happened?" And she's looking at her, and, and Ha's frightened. Won't won't go near her. Well, I found that kind of fishy. And she starts pointing at her, and she's saying things in Vietnamese. So there's another female officer was there. It sits the girl down. They sit Antoinette down on the other side of the room, and finally the English comes back. And she tells them that Antoinette was the one that killed the two in there and that she had some guy with her that killed uh, Ron Williams. Well, you definitely made a good point there. The trauma will, even for somebody who, say, only speaks English. Yeah. We have seen when there's certain trauma happen, you notice certain people revert back to younger or childlike behavior. Yes. So that easily is what could have happened to her in that moment. But the trauma, yeah, is, she is forgot she, all her English. Her English, and she went back to... And she was as fluent child, in English. Right. Even though she learned all of that, you revert back to the childlike state, so you, your, you, your memory, it's, it's kind of, it's, it's like a temporary almost dementia. In a yeah. Sense, is what happens. So, and yeah, she, continue on. So, um, finally she tells them, and they arrest Antoinette. They take her back to the station, she sings like a canary, but she says that uh, Rogers Lacoste had a gun on her, and that's why she killed the two children, that he was going to kill her if she didn't rob the store, that she was afraid of him. Now, this is a police officer. All she a, had trained, to do, a trained police officer, all right. All she had to do was call for backup. All she had to do was get on her radio and tell him, this guy's threatening me, he wants me to... Um, to rob the store. This is my boyfriend telling me to do this. Come get him. She didn't have to do that. So they go, they find they, a couple of days later, they find uh, Lacoste, Rogers Lacoste, at his brother's apartment, arrest him. Uh, they arrest Antoinette, charge her with first degree murder. Um, they're uh, now, uh, let's see what we have here. Uh, okay, so the. Um, they both were indicted on April 28th, 1995, and, but they had separate trials. Lacoste was found guilty on 721, July 21st, 1995, and sentenced to death. Frank was found guilty on September 12th, 1995, and also was sentenced to death. Now, a month after he, she was sentenced to death, a few years, er, a couple of years earlier, she had reported her father missing. He was, he was living with her. They went, you know, when they searched in her house, they found the, the skull of Adam Frank, her father, buried under the house. Hmm. Now, they didn't charge her with this because she had already gotten a death penalty. There. That would be overkill. There's nothing more they can do to her now. Right. So, um, of course, both of them did a lot, did, did, appealed. And uh, Frank appealed on... Uh, October 18th, uh, 2006, 
and she was scheduled to be executed July 15th, 2000. Well, she was scheduled to be executed July 15th, 2006, but she appealed it. And the appeal was on October 18th, but she she lost the appeal and she's still on death row. Now, Lacoste's case was thrown out July 22nd, 2015, because it turned out that one of the jurors was a state trooper and he didn't disclose that. So that granted Lacoste a, tr for a, a, a second trial, a new trial. But the new trial, but they appealed it and an appellate court overturned the new trial order. So his death sentence was reinstated. But okay. on December 13th, 2019, just about a year ago, yeah, his death sentence was commuted to life in prison without parole. And I just, I, and they are doing a lot of that shifting because I, I, I think it has to do with some of the new uh, criminal um, psychology things and stuff they're looking into. They're trying to move away from a lot of capital punishment. Yeah. Uh, and then and we're not going to get into politics, whether you agree or disagree, but that's just what's going on right yeah. now. After talking to criminal psychologists, they're trying to move a lot away from there and they're trying to do a lot more of the life in prison. And they actually have where they're giving them, and then maybe in a good sense, they're giving them a little bit. They're trying to even give them a little more care. They're having psychologists meet with them a little more. And hopefully that might gain some understanding to prevent other crimes from happening. So, yeah. so we, in a way, some people are like, oh, you no, know, maybe they should have, you know, did the death penalty. Well, we're not going to get but, into that argument, but we can say there is some good things that are coming out of not doing the death penalty and observing these people for life. But, long. I mean, you can understand, I'm sure the Wu family wants to see her dead. Oh, the, yeah. And, and the Wu family and wants I, to see And her. I totally understand that. And at some part of me, I feel like this is I so mean, look, horrific. That, she, yeah. she robbed a 21-year-old girl and a 17-year-old boy of their future. The boy was probably a senior in high school. The girl might have been getting ready to get married and have children. She, she, she robbed both of them of their future. They robbed Ron Williams. His wife had just had a baby. He didn't live to see his child grow up. Exactly. They, um, the other children, you know, they scarred for life. The other victims, the one that, you know, the, the victims from the freezer. <coughs> Excuse me. You know, they scarred from life. You know, they're always going to have that. Oh, they're always going to. They probably be still have nightmares. Yes. They still, they're still having nightmares from that. So when you think of that, a person like that really deserves to be punished. And but is, then again, we're not. That's the point. Again, Courts have to be objective, though. We must say that. But do we? And and do we have the right to play God and say somebody should die? But then when we think about what happened to those children, and that man, and the families they left behind, and all you know, it's tough. It's tough. What, it's, what uh, is it's the hard. answer? It's hard. I, I mean. I have, you know, I, I, this, I, I'm going to tell you, uh, I had a harder time researching this case than any of them. And um, because, well, first of all, I'm still, I have to admit something. I had a nightmare last night. I saw those children being, it, it, you know, too, crying for their lives. And it still, it still gets to be. When I first saw that, and I first read about that, I was... I, I cried. I broke down in tears. And I had heard about the case. I knew about it. I even read the book. There's a book called uh, Killer with a Badge. And uh, it's still actually still in print. 
And I remember when I, um, let's see, who wrote it? It's right here. I got it right here. Yeah, Killer with the Badge. It was written by Chuck Hustmeyer, who was a former federal agent and author of the book Killer with the Badge. He wrote it. And even after even reading that book, when I started doing this research and I started seeing reenactment videos on YouTube and everything. Now, my brother at that time was working for Harry Connick Sr. as a as a uh, assistant district attorney. And he's not the one who tried the case. But he did see the crime scene photos. And he told I, I, I was texting with him the other day and he said that he will never forget those crime scene photos. I said, I don't want to see him. Just seeing reenactments on YouTube, just reading about all this was disturbing enough. I don't really like seeing crime scene photos. I don't know about you. I don't, I really would. It's funny, you know, we have a true crime podcast. I mean, I could handle it. I mean, I mean, I'd I, I I rather it. not. Yeah. I've seen so. I, I don't I, need to. I saw the Black Dahlia's crime scene photos. We you are know, not blacked out and everything. Those I mean, are disturbing. And that was disturbing. <laughs> And I saw the man that you know they they released they have released somehow the Manson family ones and I saw Sharon Tate pregnant with a thing tied around her neck and her eyes bulging out and that was disturbing too. But I certainly would not want to see these two children lying in the pool of their own blood. No. I don't want to see that. Um, okay, this is our question about everyone. Do you think Antoinette was evil? Yeah, yeah, I yeah. It, it it just it's just a was the evil made or, or was it born? It goes back to I don't know with her. It's it's it, well I she, she had wondered, the, you definitely know part of it was made. Well, because but of was her some father. of it born? Was some but of the then evil it born? is a lack of the way she would you know anything for my man. Then the way she would uh, I don't know the way she murdered two. She would have murdered all of them if they wouldn't have hidden from her. Mm. And she's doing this for money. By the way, they got $10,000. And it had been hidden in the microwave. See, because she knew where the, um, where, where, they, where the family would hide the money. And like I said, they didn't trust banks, so they did everything on the cash basis. It's, it's just, it's, it's just mind-boggling, like, well, thinking about it. Like, what, like, even with knowing the thing was a robbery... There was just so... Well, I'm post this picture. I posted right, her definitely. her police academy graduation picture where she looks like a nice, pleasant lady on uh, um, social media. But I'm going to post this one and I'm going to post pictures of the victims too. It's just the, the cruelty of the act of these people had come to America. They yes. had all this hope for this new life. That's another thing that... After having seen day. and left atrocities in Vietnam... You know, they, they, they were building this family. They were building this life here. And all this hope was being put there. And they were trusting these people. These the, these people that were supposed to be law enforcement. They were trusting, putting their trust in them yeah. for their American dream. And it wasn't just their dream that got dashed. Their you own lives. Their own lives. Their lives that they had hoped and fled from Vietnam to America. Yeah. Those lives... Had now been some lost in some. Way. I mean, you go, you live somewhere awful like North Vietnam, and you know where you, you know you, you, you're in danger constantly. You think you come into America for you know, oh, I'm finally safe now. I can have a business. I can make money. I can do this. My family's okay. And then some, 
senseless atrocity like this happens. And it's done by someone they trusted. That's what really gets me so much. They trusted her. They hired her to protect them. It's that that it's just you're right. This is what you said, mind boggling. And and that's the point where it gets me of was there some part in Antoinette's soul that saw that that was wrong? Well, the funny part about it is, is she still has shown no remorse. I know that's that's, that's what makes that's me that's what's not that's getting me. That's even Rogers Lacoste has shown remorse. That's why that's why I feel there is some ingrained evil that goes beyond just her childhood or what might have been or what could have happened. I feel that there is something that there's something about her from birth. Well, that's what the um, like like what I'm saying about with the YouTube videos and different little things that I've seen. Roger Lacoste, the main thing that got his sentence commuted was the remorse he showed. Now, his mother still believes he didn't do it, and she's trying to free him and get him out of jail. She still doesn't believe he did it. But that's a mother. You know, a mother is... Mothers do not want to believe the worst of their children. But my brother, one of my brothers, all I can say about him is that he was a brat. He wasn't a bad kid like with drugs and staying out late and stealing and, and crime. He wasn't a criminal, but he was always driving teachers crazy. He he was very extremely mischievous. And my mother just thought he was an angel. She said, oh, my, my baby, how can any teacher, this teacher, there's one teacher he drove crazy in the third grade. And my mom said, oh, that old bitch just doesn't like my child. <laughs> That was Beverly Goldberg, you know. My mom's an Italian Beverly Goldberg. We could do a whole <laughs> podcast on her, I can tell you right now. Oh, I got some great stories oh. about her. But just, just going back to Antoinette, it's just... <sighs> and, and her being a female cop in the era that she doesn't even realize... Not that there should be stereotypes or things like that, but there was this perception, even to today, that female cops should inherently care more about their community. They should have more of that maternal well, instinct. Well, that was one of the reasons why she was hired, even though her psyche valve was so horrible, and she wasn't really that smart. Well, she did graduate high on that thing, so she was kind of smart. But her psyche valve was so bad, but she paid for her own. But they needed cops so bad, and the main reason I hired her because they wanted an African-American female because she figured that, that she, she could relate with the community. And and and, and like and most every female cop I've known really loves their communities. So don't get us wrong. This uh, we we want to take Antoinette Frank. She is well, not, no, she's not. She is not a symbol of she's any not, particular group or things like that. She is definitely an extreme outlier. Of she's everything. not. She's not a symbol of African American women. Definitely she's not. She's not a symbol of women. She's not a symbol of African Americans. But this She's not just, a symbol of African Americans any more than Adolf Hitler is a symbol of white men. This just goes to show there wasn't just a dehumanization factor of what she was doing. There's also this thing, thing of where, for some reason, she never had, or she was able to turn off that sort of caring instinct. Empathy. That most... The empathy. Empathy. That, and not saying that men do not have that, but it is known that it is more... Well, wider. women are more nurturing. To be nurtured. And it's just wired by... Now, having that said, it shows she had that turned off. Or she either, either by force of her own mind 
or just inherently it was turned off. It was turned off during this. Yeah. Especially to kill these children. I've, I've always... I, you, I, there's people that will kill adults, but they'll spare children. Yeah. And it at least shows something when they go in a courtroom yeah. where people where the jury can be like, okay, at least at least this person Well, Hall was twenty one. But so not with she, Antoinette. She was Hall was twenty one. She was a um she was an adult legally. But the the boy, Kong, he was only seventeen. Legally he's an infant. Minor. But yeah, these are younger like you'd think something. You know you can't do any kind of um of of legal contract with anybody under 17 because it's illegal to do a legal contract with an infant. That's why if you want to buy your 16-year-old a car, the car has to be in your name and in your insurance and him on the insurance. Yeah, and then the, the other question, I mean, we got to also look at, you did bring up this love relationship she had. Yeah. With with, with the other party. With Ro- Rogers Lacoste. Yeah, with Rogers Lacoste. And the thing there is... Is really the idea, and this may have to do with the fact that she never got approval from her father. And here's this young man constantly giving her all of this approval, telling her she's beautiful, telling her she's got this, tell, putting all these little things in her mind. And so he's she'll do sexually any, involved with her. So she'll she do turns anything. Him on, you know, he he said, or she'll do anything with him to make things better in her mind. And, she, and she's afraid of losing him. So she'll do anything with him to keep him. I always wonder, now this isn't all women and it's not a testament to women. No. But I've known several women that it seems like they go crazy when a man shows them attention. I know some men that do that when a woman shows them And I know some gay men that do that when a man shows them attention too. And what it is is when if the guy, if the husband cheats on them, they don't get mad at the husband. They get mad at the woman they cheated with. Now, I had a, a, a roommate who was a transgendered woman, and her boyfriend left her. Her boyfriend was African-American. She was white. And he left her for a real, not real, or a, a cis woman, a born woman. And she would give, harass this woman, make quick phone calls, but she was all forgiven with him. And one time I said, blame him. He is the one who betrayed you, not her. Was she your friend? She said, no. Did you know her before? No, well, I just worked with her. But when she is the one, she, she didn't betray you. He did. But all she would say is, oh, big fat whore. Oh, she was got real Betty Broderick on it, you know. That's another one we got to do too, Betty Broderick. <laughs> Definitely. So anyway, um, yeah, Antoinette's still on death row. She's likely never going to get out, but I don't know if she's ever going to be executed because there are only two women on death row right now, and no woman has been executed in the state of Louisiana since 1942. We're very careful. We don't like to nuke women. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, uh, before we go, I want to mention our our social media. Uh, We're on Twitter at A Shutters. We're on Instagram at Open Shutters Podcast. And we're on Facebook. We're the official page for Open Shutters, a creepy podcast. Now, you can, I, I, I want some feedback from everyone on this. I want to know what you think of this. I want to know what you think of Antoinette, whether or not she was evil or whether or not she was coerced. 
I want to know how you feel and how this this case affected you by listening to it. I really want to know this. Oh, another thing I wanted to do, too. I wanted to give you our email address, which is openshutters at yahoo.com. You can email us with any suggestions, any other type of things you want to know. You can you can tell us what you want to know. We will read if you want us to read your, your emails on on the podcast, we'll do it. So Anyway, you guys, look, we're going to leave you for another week. By the time we see you again, it's going to be after Christmas. Well, I couldn't get that out. So, Merry Christmas. Happy Holidays. Happy Hanukkah. What are the other ones? I don't know. Happy I, Holidays. Definitely. To all holidays. And I'm saying Happy Holidays, and that does not mean that I hate Jesus, okay? And as we always say... <laughs> enjoy the open shutters. But don't fall out the window. Yes, enjoy the view. But don't <laughs> fall out the window. That was, was <laughs> Goodbye. Thank Goodbye. you. See you after Christmas. Thank y'all.